kick presented by Cedar Sinai. Shifty work into the box. And the cross, it's in! Oh, it's LaRue! It's a dream return! Welcome to Casual FC, an Angel City preview pod. But today, we're your soccer terms class. I'm your host, Angela Morales. With me, ever IT technical man, my <laughs> co-host, Mario Salazar. And today, our two special guests, the actual and infamous Angel City Chicks, Nina and Amanda. Pam, 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 pam. What's up, Angel City? We are so excited to be here today to do this epic cross pod uh with you both i cannot wait to get into this i feel like i'm gonna probably end up learning a lot along with all of our listeners as well nina's always teaching me about all things soccer so this is gonna be a lot of fun that's right we're crossing it over having fun teaching a master intro class here with our other favorite podcasters (laughs) of course thanks for having us oh yeah thank you so glad to have you guys and yeah, thank you for uh, joining us. This is going to be a great little uh, soccer explainer. As if you've been following us on on socials, we've been throwing out little like, you know, I have a I have the the, the Chris Pratt meme from like Parks and Rec, where it's like I don't I'm too afraid too afraid to act now. But you know, there's there's plenty of there's plenty of people that I meet in the stadium that are there for the first time or yeah are for the first time and watching soccer for the first time so that's what gave me the idea of like hey we should probably do this like evergreen you know soccer terms just to be like you know if you if you're embarrassed and you don't want to ask your friend to be like what does this mean you've got us to help you out and then you can be full of knowledge when you go to those games or you watch it at the bar with your friends definitely so like mario said this is for the newbies the casual fans and basically anybody who just wants to learn more about the nitty gritty. So when we're we're like any of the four of us are referring to any random soccer term that you're like, what? You can just come back to here. We're like your glossary. Yes, (laughs) the glossary is a great thing. (laughs) All right. So to start off, let's just say it's called soccer and football. (laughs) Honestly, on my end, I don't care. I'm not picky. Use either one. You know, as a as an American fan, you're probably going to be calling it soccer. If you're a, a a full on like soccer fan, a football fan, you're probably watching soccer and football elsewhere. So you probably call it football. I'm not snippy about it. Call it what you want. And I feel like I, it really I changes with whoever I'm talking to. I found that a lot. Like exactly. my friends. Context matters. Yeah, context matters. Like, I feel like if I'm talking to someone who's been a fan of, like, the game and is really into European, like, football, I feel like I call it football. But then when I'm talking about NWSL or MLS, I, I definitely call it soccer. So, you know, it changes. And I don't, I don't think there's a, a, right, a right or a wrong way, you know? I mean, I definitely get into the origins of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, the word soccer actually is an English term. And so it, you know, they called it soccer so, first. Oh, yeah. So that's why we call it soccer. So suck it. You're the ones that made it. <laughs> so it, it, and then I brought this little snippet in just to kind of explain it. Soccer was the kind of recognized way of, of it was called association football. And the thing is football was being a term being used for rugby and for 
sports and for soccer and for a bunch of other sports that involved your feet. So, and it was, it was also a slang term way of like adding ER to something. So there would be a rugbyer would be a rugger, someone who played rugby. A sporter would just be like, oh, good old chap, sporter. <laughs> and then association football. So the sock from association became soccer. And then that's what it was up until the 1970s where, you know, the Americans started using it. And then the, the British were like, God forbid. God, for, God forbid <laughs> we, we do that. No, the queen called it football. Let's go that way. So call it what you want. I feel like we were bamboozled by the English. They're like, oh, we came up with this term. We yeah. used it. And they're like, ew, you're using that term? You guys are so wrong. Like, you guys literally handed it to us on a platter, and now you're <laughs> mad at us for using it? Like, a little, a little rude and a little sus, in my opinion, but I don't <laughs> know. The best part was that over the holidays, my cousin who was in town from Europe, her husband is English, and he was saying, oh, football. And I was like, yeah, because soccer did that. And he tried to school me, and I had already read this. Well, like actually Simon. So if he's listening, because they now know that I have the podcast, bet. Oh uh, well, you know I I don't care what you call it, football. You call it soccer. Yeah. There are some things about it that are not going to change as far as what we call them. And uh, do you guys want me to go ahead and get into some of these basic terms? Yeah, let's yeah, get into it. Do it. All right, so let's start this off. We're going to start with some real basic terms, things that I think everybody should know. There's going to be a lot of things that you're not going to understand. Believe me, I'm still trying to figure them out. But these are pretty general. And if I can understand them, I feel like you guys all can. So we're going to start with field. Well, that's what we know for a lot of things. You know, baseball field, you know, the, you know where they play the football you know, field. We call it a pitch, though, a lot of times. So now over here, a pitch is what we refer to as the field. That is where they play. That is where all of these wonderful players are going to be gathering together and uh, and kicking around the old soccer balls, that we like to call it. So you've got a field, which is a pitch, and each team has 11 players per side. You're going to have one goalie with 10 field players. Now let's get into those field players. There are, um, just like most sporting events, they all have different positions, they all have different jobs, they all do different things, and your forwards are going to be those ones right up front, as we call it, forward. You're going to have attackers or wingers, and we'll get into these all a little bit more in depth, but that's what's going to be up front. And then in the midfield, you're going to have defensive mids or attacking mids, and thank God you did not put on here center mid because... <laughs> If you follow our podcast from the very, very beginning, we used to be called Center Mid Chicks because I could not say it the first time. I It just would not fall midfield off your tongue. Center. I said the midfield in the center. They're like Center Mid Chicks or Center Midfielder. I think there were too many errs. So either way. I won't, I will not digress, but <laughs> defensive mids and attacking mids are there. And then of course you've got your defense in the back, holding it down. There's are also known as fullbacks, right and left backs, center backs. And then you've got the guy or gal that's going to be the keeper or the goalie who's going to be trying to stop all those shots. Now those are the field players that are going to be out there doing their thing. Now we're going to talk a little bit about just the structure and format of it. Now, in soccer, we have two 45-minute halves, so 90 minutes of play in total. Now, the clock does not stop. There does are not. no timeouts. Why do we do this? <laughs> Simple. 
It's simple. We're going to keep the flow of the game. I like to think of soccer as like a nice orchestral ballad. It just keeps going. It ebbs and it flows, but it never stops. It's just all this beautiful, beautiful, you know, art there out on the field. So I love that they keep the flow of the game. I love that it's simple timekeeping. I mean, you can go anywhere. And as long as you have a simple watch on you, you can just hit start and stop. And that's it. I mean, it's one of, to me, it's really the fastest game out there. It goes by so quick, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I personally, one, I'm not a huge American football fan. I'm not a huge basketball fan out there. I do watch baseball. I do like baseball. But with baseball, you know you're going to be there all day. Uh, like, there, there is no clock, so it doesn't matter. Um, there is a clock now. They have oh, there's a clock. clock. That's there's true. a clock, yeah. And it's actually spread the game up quite a bit. It's weird, but... And I'm still getting into it, but I actually like it a lot. I do too. Yeah. So there's that. But then like, you know, you you watch like a like a Rams game and then it's like, you know, the, the game's supposed to be an hour and it takes them like three plus. I'm like, who the yeah. hell has that time? When the last four minutes of the game last an hour, you know. Exactly. Oh my God. That's like in basketball, especially the last two minutes yep. when they're fouling each other to try to like, you know, get possession of the Change ball and throw them off. Oh, my, swear. That, at a certain point, I was like, isn't there like a set number of fouls that you're allowed? And then it just kind of keeps going. And I'm like, I don't know the rules. I just. <laughs> I'm over here. Like, I can explain this. And I'm like, don't. We're talking soccer and soccer rules and terms. And that's it. And I'm like, no, we have to like keep the basketball like in the other room. <laughs> I know. So, so yes, that's one of the reasons I do really like soccer with the, the time is that it's just it's going to be. Give or take a few minutes from an hour and a half. That's what the game is. Get it done. It's so much easier to fit this game into your life as opposed to the others. Like I can say, I know exactly what time I'm going to be home from a match during the week because it's going to end at least by this time. No, there's no way it's going over. And obviously, unless it's an ex, unless it's a real weird situation, which Nino get into where it has to extend play. Most of the time, it's real easy. I mean, and I love that. So, but you know, there is stoppage time. So, when I talk about those little incremental minutes that kind of get added on, they do have stoppage time that gets added on because they have to make up for wasted time. And if you've ever watched a match, you know that there is time wasting, whether they're coming off the, you know, pitch slow or there's an injury or, you know, they have VAR that has to come in and, you know, determine, you know, a penalty or a foul or something, you know, those reviews take time and they don't want that to come off of the uh, the play time. So they do add it on. And, you know, if it's really hot outside, especially during the summer here in, in the MLS, we do see that from time to time, they're going to have water breaks that are built in, in the first and the second half and those get added on as well so that the time on the pitch that's actually played you do get that 45 minutes on each side now that is why on tv at least we don't see it in the stadium i really wish we could because i don't know how many of us are looking at our watches like come on we need this to end. <laughs> i i'm i'm that i'm that guy that yep. like when i have my oh, like i'll watch ready and then like i wait for the whistle and i start yeah. it yep Exactly. So I guess that's why it's a little nice to be able to watch the away matches on TV, because at least we get that that extra time that goes past that 45 minute mark. We get to see mm -hmm. those extra minutes added on. So at least it quells the anxiety a little bit. But, you know, again, everybody wants to say, ah, oh, soccer's slow. I'm like, it's the fastest sport out there. I swear it's quick. It's e I mean, sometimes I'm like, I can't believe it's already over. <laughs> Absolutely. And speaking of the game ending, one other thing that makes soccer unique is that matches can end in a tie. 
And even that, they can end in a 0-0 tie. And I think that's one of the reasons a lot of people have struggled to get into soccer in the past. Yes, un-American. Because 0-0 <laughs> tie, did that even happen? Is that a real game? Yes, yes, it counted. <laughs> First or last. <laughs> <laughs> but that gets us into what happens when you have a 0-0 tie. How does this work out? Well, every game is assigned a point system and a point value. So you get three points if you win, you get one point for a tie, and you get zero points for a loss. So at the end of every game, a team is fighting for either three or one point. You know, a lot of the time we say a tie on the road is a win, and you just come home with that one tie, and you're stealing two points for the other team, which is an awesome, fun thing. Yeah. And all of this comes together to give you total points at the end of the season. The team with the most points at the end of the regular season is the Shield winner. Now, in Europe and other countries, that That's would it. be your champion. But no, <laughs> no, no, no. America. America says, we love our playoffs. Let's make it last. Let's charge people more. And let's go again. So we take those total points at the end of the season. We rank everybody. And then we say, play again. Playoffs. <laughs> and the winner of our playoffs become the champions. Now, when we're doing these games, these special competitions or playoffs, we can see single elimination games. And that's when you're going to end up with games not being allowed to end in a tie. Those games will either go into overtime where you'll have two more 15-minute halves, which is different than stoppage. They're two full 15-minute halves, have to play the full 30. And that whole 90 plus 30, 120-minute game, if that still ends in a tie, that's when you're going to see it go to PKs. I just got chills. Like, no, <laughs> we went through this. <laughs> you know, that's what they get, though, for, for not closing it out when they could, you know, giving us the anxiety. And honestly, uh, yeah, the best team doesn't always win when it goes to PKs. Nope. And I'll say I've been a referee before. And when I the worst thing ever is when you were like an AYSO youth referee and you'd have those games where you have to decide a champion. And I have to explain to 10 year old that it's going into PKs. And if they didn't settle it in PKs, AYSO actually used to determine the winner by flip of a coin. I don't think no. (laughs) So at least we don't do that. Okay, okay. In our previous episode that we did about like tiebreakers and stuff like that, when we were looking at the standings. I the very last if if out of all the seven criteria you're still tied in points, it actually does come down to a coin. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. Nice. It's like just play rock paper scissors at that point. At least there's a little strategy. Like I, I when I played AYSO, I remember being in a tournament. Um, in in yeah, in the '90s, basically, I remember being in a tournament, and we went. We went the extra time, and this is around the time when the MLS had, or the just football in general, had the golden goal rule. Yes. Okay. More words. Tell everybody. So so the golden goal rule was, it was basically like sudden death. It was Mm -hmm. whoever scored the first goal. And I remember at a tournament, they even did, there was like an, there was an addition to the golden goal rule where like every, every like 10 minutes or something like that, a player player a player comes off from each team. That's what fun. So what? it was it was crazy. And that match, I we lost because I was devastated because we played so long. We were down to three players. Oh. And it was one of those things where the ball was like just lobbed from the other side of the oh. field and like slowly rolled into the goal. <laughs> it sucks to oh. play. And I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty glad that all of that is gone. But yeah. 
they they do that for uh, the TST tournament that happened in the summer mm-hmm. that was right. real popular. They do that same thing where they uh, they have so many minutes and then they take a player off the field. Like it's they have some very interesting rules and uh, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna do it again next year. So pay attention to that because I I think it's kind of fun. <laughs> I mean, maybe because I'm not the one chasing the ball to the other end of the pitch, no. but still, I, I think that's very interesting. And uh, yeah, do you do you I'd like golden goal rule? Coin. Do you do you like golden goal rule, or do you like that they do 30 minutes regardless and keep playing? Because I don't know. I feel like that the gameplay is, is gets a little interesting in those those extra 30 minutes. I don't know. I like golden goal if my team scores it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Other than yeah, that, that, no. That one. no. Yeah. Uh, I, you might I'd have a different play. MLS Cup final from last year if that were the case then, right? Because, I mean, things things weren't uh, in our favor at some point, but yeah. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I, I prefer I, I prefer the full 30 extra because okay. it the same reason we don't necessarily love penalties or PKs, the same reason I don't like the, the golden goal because it it could be a fluke, right? Like yeah. goals sometimes are just, it bounced the wrong way and then it went in. It wasn't like an intentional goal. It was just like, you got dumb luck and you scored. So I'd rather be lucky than good some days. Yeah. Doesn't always have to be pretty. A win doesn't always have to be pretty. Nope. No. Ah, the drama of it. I can't wait. <laughs> so close. Alrighty. So for those of you who are brand new to the NWSL, because we have two new teams this season, we have new people joining this fan base by the second, it feels like quick refresher of Angel City setup. We play in the NWSL, which is the National Women's Soccer League. It is descended from many, many prior women's leagues. And to have this one last for now over a decade is just beyond good. I will not go into this further because if you have listened to maybe any episode of this podcast, I probably will end up crying and I will always cry over women's sports, no matter. Like, I got emotional watching women's college basketball. This weekend, I'm going to the Long Beach State women's basketball game. That's my alma mater. Probably will cry. Like, it's just one of those, I am an athlete forever. It will always, like, pull every single heartstring, not even just one. But, yeah. Many great leagues have come before us, but this one is actually sustaining, and I'm so proud of them. Angel City is now playing at BMO Stadium. BMO stands for the Bank of Montreal, but it's BMO, BMO. Their commercials say BMO, so just go with it. You may remember it used to be called the Bank of California. Bank with a C. I don't remember why. I- the, pre- the previous stadium sponsor was Bank of California, which... yeah. yeah. So we went from one bank to another one. My 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 go-to joke was, you know, it was referred to as the bank, right? Bank of California. And now we have the bank from Montreal. So it's Le Bank, still known as the bank. Le Bank. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. And so at BMO, there's different sections just like any other arena. But the north end of the stadium is incredibly important. That is where our supporter section like lives, breathes encapsulate spirit it is standing room only so just be prepared if you're looking to buy tickets in the surrounding areas it is also incredibly loud there's drums there's chanting there's flags sometimes there's smoke sometimes there's signs there's literally every single thing like it's almost went into like treat yourself like signs treat yourself (laughs) yes (laughs) remember that 
if you're near the supporter section, in the supporter section, you will be standing, you will be cheering, and it's expected. Kind of like, it's like a prereq. If you're going to be in there, be ready. Like, be ready and know what you're going for because no one wants you to have a bad time. I don't want you to impact somebody else's time. Like, know what you're going for. Know where you're sitting. My supporter section days have passed. I led our student section at Long Beach State. And your girl likes to sit down at game for the most part. So I'm in the office again. Like, I respect it and I love it. And I have so much respect for every capo, every person who's in the stands over there. But, like, I can't handle it anymore. And to that credit, um, we're the same way. We love to to sit in our seats and watch uh, the game and, and be able to hear all that action. But even more than that, I think because in the supporters and they're so committed to, yeah. uh, to that culture, they're so committed to providing that atmosphere that if you ask them, a lot of them sometimes miss a lot of the game because they're mm-hmm. so focused on it. It's hard to watch. And when you do a podcast about a, a team and about a game and you want to recap them, then you kind of want to sit down and you want to watch the game and I want to be able to to see how things are playing out. I want to be able to yeah. take notes and and remember why things happened. If you're in the supporters end, you're committed to that and that is what you're going to do and I love every I'm so glad that we have them. I'm glad that they don't all have podcasts that they have to rush home and cheer. <laughs> yeah. Very thankful for that. Exactly. Like me, you yeah. can't multitask. So I'm either chanting and cheering and not watching yeah. the game or I'm watching the game. I cannot do both at the same time. It takes too much talent. But, you know, in soccer, we call this fan support, the 12th man or the 12th person, however you want to say it. And they are considered equally important to what's happening on the pitch because they are there giving the energy, giving the vibe, giving the oomph that the team needs to carry out their mission, which is to win at all costs. Definitely. And, and with that, like to win at all costs, you have to have like this sturdy foundation, this basically a fortress, which is awesome because our supporter section is known as La Fortaleza, which is the fortress in Spanish. Like it is so imposing. I have been to many, many, many sporting events across sports, women, men, what have you, but a dedicated supporter section or like mega fan section completely changes the atmosphere either you are invested and you are in it and everybody's going crazy like you know it's like consistent there's a schedule you do certain things at certain times like it's so intense or it's dead just completely my high school had a great like student section like this my colleges did like every team i have ever been up on or cheered for has been so well supported so I'm so happy that we have this group for Angel City. I agree. I love it. It's it's such a great element to our game days and definitely makes our stadium a very hard place to come and yeah. play. And that's exactly what we want. We want people to be afraid to come into our <laughs> home and to play against our team and have to hear the relentlessness of our supporter group. And that's, like you said, that adds a different element to it. And, and I love... It's so much. They're so committed and, and they're just fantastic. And they're just going to only keep growing and I can't wait. Yeah. And I have a feeling it's going to go from like the North End to the like wings of the North End. And it's just going to start moving around the stadium. I'm just excited Perfect. for the day we outgrow BMO because I have a feeling that's going to happen in the next few years for sure. I mean, we're selling out. I know. Yep. 
and not like the bad kind of selling not, out. Like yeah, not the bad. <laughs> we, yeah, we we, we are selling out a yeah. selling out a twenty two thousand seat stadium. So I mean, yeah. yes, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, this season is going to be so much fun. I would just like a completed roster and a schedule, but that's for a different episode. Right. Uh, love, I, I, I was love about to new sign here with you. I was there. Would love some new signings, you guys. Yeah. A midfield. Whew. What is that? Right. Okay. So basics of the game. We've talked positions, kind of what we call the pitch, all that good stuff. But we know it's this big, giant rectangle on the field. Cool. Like, you know, two short sides, two long sides. What does that mean? You'll know that, like, going into soccer, there's, especially from somebody who doesn't come from a soccer background like me, I was always confused. Like, why can the ball basically go out of bounds? Why is this? Why is that? So the big long sides of that rectangle, those are called the touch line. If the ball goes out and completely crosses that line, then the opposing, like, if I kick it and it goes all the way out, which would probably happen, like, the opposing team would grab the ball and inbound, basically. And the big thing there is that the ball has to completely cross the line. You like it still confuses me as much as I know and have learned about soccer. I'm just like, I don't understand it because I come from a basketball background. And if that ball so much as touches that line, it's out of bounds. But like, that's because the lines are part of the areas in which they exactly. enclose. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a soccer nerd. <laughs> it's so funny. And then you watch like American football and like literally their shoestring can touch the white yeah. line and they're yeah. like, nope, he's out. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, so it's yeah, wild. I, it's so it is wild how how lines determine so many things across different sports and they're never the same. Volleyball, it can touch the line. Basketball, it can't. Soccer, it can. Football, it can't. Like what? Baseball depends on which line. Yeah, so the short side of the rectangle of the field, where the goalies are, where corner kicks are made, all that good stuff, where, every, where all the like highly anticipated action happens is on the short side. So if the ball goes out, there's a few different things that can happen. Angel City's got the ball, and the opposing team kicks out of bounds on that short end. We get a corner kick. Sponsored by Cedar Sinai, you'll hear the whole stadium screaming <laughs> it because it is the weirdest sponsorship and the best. It best also happened ever. <laughs> right. Did they know what they were getting into? I think not. Like we have a lot of corner funny. kicks. <laughs> a corner kick, forty-seven corner kicks in one season. Later, they're like, "Oh no!" Like shirts are made, signs are made. We love us some Cedar, but when the ball is tipped out by a keeper, so we make a shot. And the keeper says, nope, and it goes off their glove and goes out of bounds. We get a corner kick. There's a few different scenarios where that can happen. Corner kicks are always fun. We'll talk about set pieces later. So the other thing that can happen is if we have the ball and we kick it out of bounds, either it's deflected off of us or what have you, if we miss a shot and it just completely whiffs and goes, above the goal like nobody touches it definitely out on us the opposing team gets what's called a goal kick so it's basically like a reset their keeper gets the ball and gets to initiate their offense and that's how transitions are made when a ball goes out of bounds significantly and we'll get into that a little bit later i think it's on the next episode where i'm going to go in depth and nerd out on you on those restarts yes <laughs> yes she's so oh. excited i know she can't oh, wait i did 
I got and the laws of the game pulled up in my extra tab. <laughs> and I, I totally didn't mes- mention this up at the top, but this will be a three-part <laughs> series. We figured it out. Where, where we're going to get more specific <laughs> and more detailed on each one. So if you just want the basics, you got this one. And Absolutely. as you want to learn more, believe me, if you want to figure out VAR, that will be the last one because it's a biggie. <laughs> Good luck with that. That's an all, its own episode by itself, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Love that. All right. Well, let's keep moving forward. Let's stay on that in line. Let's stay in the goalie box and let's talk about the box that's on each end of the field that is in front of the goal. Now, there is a larger outer box that's in the penalty area. It's, it's very easy to see. It's very big. And this is marking where the goalie can freely use their hands to touch the ball. They can collect it with their hands. They can throw it. They can do whatever they want with their hands inside of that big rectangle. Outside of this, they cannot use their hands. It is feet only for everyone. Now, this also marks the area where the foul um, will be taken. Um, if it's a penalty kick, it'll be taken inside this box. Now, there's also a smaller inner box that doesn't always get a lot of love, doesn't get a lot of attention. Um, it's called the goal box, and this is where teams can set their ball for a goal kick. Now, Nina and I were talking about this a little earlier. Is there? Do you want to maybe expand on that just a little bit? Because I honestly didn't know a whole lot about the purpose for the inner box yeah i got really excited when panda and i were talking about this because (laughs) okay so if you really want to nerd out with me it's not a box it's an area box (laughs) is playing okay so (laughs) we have the goal area physically expressed but yes three just oh (laughs) you know it has four sides it's a box Okay, so in addition to being a referee when i was younger you know back when i could handle myself in society I also taught refereeing. Oh, I love to nerd out on these things. And I apologize in advance because it makes me really excited. But I was telling Amanda, yeah, because it's the goal area. Because also if an indirect free kick happens in that area or a direct free kick, you have to pull it out to outside the six yard box. That's why it's the six yard and the 18 yard. You know, you have to have X amount of space. So depending on the foul and the restart, that's why that area is also there. So you can mark the next closest point. Everything has a reason. Wait, they're not hard. They're not just putting the ball down just wherever they want. Like there's a there's a reason for it. There's a rhyme and a reason. And it used like no one used to know that you could put it like anywhere in the goal area. We always taught kids in AYSO, you know, you put that ball for the goal kick on the line, but you can Mm -hmm. put it anywhere. And it used to be that the rest of the team had to be outside of the 18 yard box in order to receive it. But now we let the home team or the team that's taking the kick get that advantage by being able to make themselves open by being inside that 18 yard box so hey nerd stuff i didn't know that (laughs) oh nina and all your knowledge that's just so useful for i mean i mean i mean there are points in the in in our script here that as we're going down that i'm like i when i wrote it i was like that's all you nina yeah i know i know you can explain this because i can only google so much all right Let me break down some basics for you right here also when it comes to these types of fouls that we're talking about. So if you've watched any soccer game, you've seen things like a yellow card and a red card. Now, the reason those exist are for fouls. Fouls is any time that there's an inappropriate contact with a player in which the other team is gaining an advantage. So also, this can also be an attempt at a foul. You don't actually have to make contact. But the way we decide whether it's just a foul, a yellow card, or a red card is pretty simple. Careless, 
reckless, or excessive force. If you carelessly make contact with the opposing team, has to be an opponent, then it's going to just be a free kick restart. It's just your generic foul. Now, if you go in and that foul is determined to be reckless, that's when you're going to see a yellow card. If you go in with excessive force, that's going to be a red card. And whenever we talked about this in refereeing class, we called it like the ooh meter. Like how much does it make you go ooh? Like (laughs) if you're really clenching, if like the nurse for Panda is like getting ready to run out onto the field to help attend to that person, obviously a red card. But if you're like, eh, brush it off, shake it off, freak it. Yeah. Yeah, No blood, no foul. No blood, no foul. Love it. Makes her way to a player. It's probably close to a red card. Like a resident EMT like goes out. Pretty explanatory in that sense. But one of our favorite red cards is called dog so. If you know, you know dog so. That is denial of an obvious goal scoring opportunity. And there are two types of dog so. You can dog so by hand, like hand of God style, where you smack the ball within the 18 yard box or outside of the 18 yard box and use your hand when you're not allowed to. Or by foul, which would be like one of those dirty, reckless fouls from behind. Anytime you are considered to have a goal scoring opportunity that is moving in the direction of the goal, fewer players in front of you, you have a, I'd say at least a 50 50 chance, if not more, of making a goal from this play. Any single foul that happens on you is considered a straight red card. Doesn't matter how minor the contact is. That is denial of an obvious goal scoring opportunity. And everything, everything, everything is in the opinion of the referee. <laughs> and probably why I became a referee because your opinion as the referee is the only one that matters. Everybody (laughs) else in the stadium, every coach, every fan can just take it or leave it. It's your opinion. Everything is written in the opinion of the referee. Wait, wait, are you telling me, Nina, that whenever players run up and they start pleading their case and start trying to explain themselves that that actually doesn't matter? Absolutely not. It does not matter at all. (laughs) And in fact, it'll usually go the opposite way because nobody cares. <laughs> They're going, are you the referee? Are, are you wearing the stripes? No? Okay. Then my opinion is the only one that counts here. I love it. <laughs> now we do get a little bit of fun or fear, as it might be, whenever one of these fouls happens in that big box that Amanda was talking about, that 18-yard box, the penalty area. And if any foul occurs within that penalty area, you are going to get a penalty kick or PK as it's known in those slang terms. And what that is, is that ball is going to be set. There's a little dot in the middle of that box. There's a little arc at the top of the box. That dot is to signify where that ball gets put for a penalty kick. And in a penalty kick, nobody is allowed inside that penalty area or inside that arc except the keeper and the person taking the kick you get a one-on-one shot opportunity. And a lot of times, you're scoring it. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to know, do you know the percentage? wonder if there's like a, a stat out there that says, you know, penalty kicks, you know, percentage of conversion. I wonder what that is. I believe it's is. low 80s. It also depends on the players. So it's a lot of play-by-play stat, and also keepers will have their own PK save percentage. So if you follow keepers closely and look at their stats, you can see some of those things. I know I've known keepers that couldn't save a PK for their life. And I've known keepers that had about a 90% success rate at saving them because they just knew people and could read them. So it really depends. You also get some keepers who will play mind games. They'll move side to side on the line. They'll try and psych you out. But a lot of penalty kicks get converted into goals. Now, we're going to move on 
a set piece. Set pieces are considered any play where the ball is reset and kicked from a still position. So sometimes you'll see referees like get mad at players and like, no, 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 the ball has to be stopped. And that's true. Anytime you have a foul, a goal kick, a corner kick, anything where the referee has called the play dead, you have to have that ball stopped and then put back into motion. And that is considered a set piece. All right. Who's ready for the fun? Free kick versus <laughs> indirect free kick. I hate this one so much. <laughs> this is why you're here, Nina. I get so, us. so confused and like, oh, yeah, go. So the easiest way to tell if something is a free kick for an indirect versus an indirect free kick is based on the referee signaling. So if you ever see the referee raising their hand, it's not because they have a question. It's not because they have to go to the bathroom. It's to <laughs> signal to everyone watching that the ball has to be touched by a second player on the pitch before a goal can be scored. So breaking that down a little bit more. I have the ball. I'm doing the reset. I'm in charge of the set piece. I'm going to be the one kicking the ball. I can kick it anywhere. But if the referee has their hand raised, one other person on the pitch, at least one, has to touch the ball before it is considered actually in play again. So if I just take that while well, the referee has their hand raised and I score a goal, it's not a goal because the ball didn't reset because you have to have two people touch it. So they're keeping their hand raised until that second contact appears and then you'll see them lower their hands. Now, why on earth do we have two kicks? <laughs> That's the question everyone's asking. Why, Nina? Why? <laughs> we'll get into that. I do have a question, though, real quick. So I know a lot of times you see them with their getting set up for their set piece and you'll see them do like a little a short kick and then someone else will come and kick it. Are you mm -hmm. telling me that that's not a drawn-up play? That is actually how they have to do it because of how it's called? Sometimes. Or is sometimes it? has to be tapped first, and sometimes they're trying to get that extra inch based on where the other team is lining up to set themselves up better for success. So sometimes it's required, and sometimes it's tactic. You got to watch the referee and whether or not they're raising your hand to know. Got it. All right. Now the why. Why on earth do we have two types of kicks? And that comes down to the basics and the laws of the game. When we talk about different fouls, there are different things you can do in order to gain an advantage. So a foul is always going to be a direct free kick. We're saying, yeah, you can score from this. This is a bad one. Go for it. Now, with a lot of younger kids games, and you see this a lot in AYSO and those U8s, we're going to see a lot more indirect free kicks. And that's because we have what's called dangerous play, or as people will call it, like, oh, high kicking. Or as I like to call it, spaz, when I play, <laughs> you know, sometimes you just don't have full control of your limbs. And it's <laughs> like happens. Not all of us are coordinated. Some of us were meant to be referees. I'm talking about myself. <laughs> when you don't have full control over your life and over your limbs, sometimes stuff happens. And it's not necessarily a foul. It's just like, yo, pay attention to what you're doing. And you could see an indirect free kick come in there. The most common time, though, that we're going to see an indirect free kick is for an offside, which we will get into later. So when an offside is called, that is always going to be an indirect free kick. Think of indirect free kicks as the baby version of a direct free kick. Oh, I love that. I have a question, Nina. Yes. <laughs> One thing that confuses me, and I only I don't see it very often, but it does happen every once in a while when they have a I don't know if it's a free kick or an indirect kick inside the penalty box you know what i'm talking about where they've set up for a kick inside the box 
Yes. And you'll see like the wall being built and everything. Right. So like, I guess to the novice fan, they think foul in the box. Why are they, why isn't it a penalty kick? What constitutes it being that kind of kick inside the box? An indirect free kick could happen inside the box when you get something that's considered dangerous play, where it's not necessarily a foul, but it's also not right. And a lot of that you see as high kicking is what people refer to it as. Anytime where somebody has an like the ball's kind of in the middle and there's an opportunity to head versus kick the ball and you'll see somebody kind of just spaz out on the ball. That's <laughs> when you're going to see an indirect free kick. A lot of the times it gets confusing because you don't know why. That's also when that little six-yard box comes into play because those things are going to tell you where the ball has to be pulled out to. Thanks, Nina. I asked these questions because at some point I've had that question. I've asked you and I feel like if mm -hmm. I've had that question... There has to be people out there that have also had that question. So thank I did you not have that. I did me. not have that. Yeah, I did <laughs> not have that question, but I do now. And thank you. <laughs> yeah, I just watch the referee. If they're raising their hand, that'll tell you everything you need to know. When they raise their hand, it's an indirect free kick and it cannot be put in. And it's not technically in play until a second player has touched the ball. I need the the more, you know, rainbow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. The more you know. That's what I need. So thanks, Nina. That's All right. That's enough nerding out for this one. Let's move on. <laughs> for any Nina, for any Nina tidbits, I think we're gonna need the the more you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. Okay. And then we're we're now down to the last this episode. And it's Tifo. You may have heard of Tifo, you or this might be brand new to you, but Tifo just really refers to the displays that the supporter sections end up doing. So you might see things on Instagram, clips from the games where there's a giant painted banner that goes up or, you know, choreographed like cards, colored cards, and, you know, they form a big image of something. It's just some type of display that the supporters usually put on for the team to just show their support, their love. Most, not most of the time, all the time, these things are done by the supporters. So these displays have nothing to do with the actual team. That's one of the things about supporter culture is that they are independent from the team. They're, they're there, they're fans, they're, they're fanatics, but they have nothing to do with the team. The team can't tell them what to do. Like, we don't work for you, so screw you, <laughs> you know? Um, but the, the greatest thing is that I, for the longest time, did not know what TIFO actually meant. Like, I just, uh, so, you know, TIFO means big banner, but I don't know where it comes from. And apparently it's an Italian word and it actually refers to typhus fever. <laughs> typhus what? fever can cause an <laughs> outbreak. That's insane. Typhus fever can <laughs> cause an outbreak of delirium in those who suffer from it. So supporters <laughs> for a TIFO are known as tifosi which is an Italian word for those infected with typhus. So it's kind of, it's an Italian like joke of like all these supporters are so emphatic and delirious that they have a group hallucination or group delirium that they want to display for the team. So yeah, it's, it's, always, it's always a delight. It's always great to see those giant banners cover the entire North section, the, the, the entire Fortaleza and show like what all those supporters have done um but yes it 
refers to typhus fever. <laughs> and, and here I was over here trying to figure out what TIFO was an acronym for my entire life. So, oh, wow. An acronym too. Yeah. I love that. And of course, it's the crazy Italians out there coming up with these these funky terms. And wow, that's that's fun. That's I definitely did not know that. So that was that's a good one. And we so if you so much today, <laughs> so much we have learned and hopefully everybody else has learned so much today. So if you've been listening to us this long, hopefully you like what you hear. So, you know, give us a follow. Hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you find your favorite podcast streams, check out casualfc.com and it will give you everything. We like to say that I've just checked box every single thing that was on there. So there's places where you can get the podcast that I don't even know it, it, it actually is. Follow us on our socials on Instagram, Twitter, threads, TikTok, at casualfcpod. And also follow the Angel City Chicks. That's right. At Angel City Chicks on all those platforms as well, primarily Instagram. Find us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you subscribe. Angel City Chicks, also angelcitychicks.com. There you yeah, go. And don't forget to subscribe on YouTube so you get the alerts when we go live because we like to be a little unhinged and just hit live and see what happens. And sometimes <laughs> you get you get chaos, sometimes you get magic, you never know. So definitely subscribe to that. <laughs> yes, the Angel City Chicks. Do have a live uh, YouTube uh, show. We have our little pre-recorded. We don't like showing our faces, but the lovely Nina and Panda are on YouTube, and you know, join one of their lives, interact with them, chat with them. They respond to things and and love hearing feedback. So please go check them out. Hit the subscribe button, and while you're there, go over to Casual FC and subscribe. You're, you're probably listening to our podcast somewhere else, but just tell Google you like us. <laughs> do me a favor and tell a friend about the pod tell a friend about each one of these pods it brings good luck to the team and we will push that good luck onto 2024 and make sure we try to conquer gotham fc or u.s oh. women's <laughs> national team fc and also if you feel so inclined help support the pod by buying us a coffee check out our link on our socials or buymeacoffee.com slash casual fc pod by buying me a coffee, it's basically we have a pa it's like a Patreon, but we don't have enough content for your Patreon. So just buy us a coffee or check out shop.casualfc.com for merch because we have stupid ideas that come up all the time. Amazing ideas. <laughs> Is there a buymeawine.com forward slash Angel City Chicks out there? No, but I now I mean, make you it. can make it. Yeah. Oh, Tina. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I'm sleeping on this, apparently. She's she's already on it, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> typing, typing, typing. <laughs> so with all of that, thank you and catch you on the next pod, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.